about pro wrestling, combat sports, and music. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. I've got a great show for you today. I've got a big guest, big guest from a big band, uh, Mike D'Antonio, the guitarist from the band Killswitch Engage. They're a great metal band, been around since about 1999. Uh, Mike has been, uh, was one of the founding members of the band. Uh, last year, they uh, came out with a new album called uh, Incarnate. And we'll talk about where they got that name from because it comes from wrestling. Um, me and Mike uh, talked for about an hour about mostly uh, wrestling. Uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and definitely Lucha Underground. And definitely uh, a little bit of WWE sprinkled in there. But, you know, this guy is a hardcore wrestling fanatic and had a great time you know discussing analyzing breaking down a lot of stuff going on in like the whole world of pro wrestling so it was definitely cool to talk with him and you know definitely go support kill switch engage uh they have a vast discography of really great albums um anything just buy anything the it's a fucking good band uh, before we get to that interview, I just want to remind you how you can support the podcast. Um, you can always go to freshesthepodcast.com and share any of the links uh, from the website on any of your social medias. Um, you can always subscribe to Fresh of the Word on Stitcher and iTunes. Just uh, uh, search Fresh of the Word and uh, hit that subscribe button. And if you want to give us a rating, preferably five stars. Uh, go ahead and do that, and if I see that you've uh, uh, given given a good rating, uh, I'll just read it on air. Uh, definitely thank you for the support. Uh, you can follow uh, Fresh of the Word on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh of the Word 1. That's Fresh of the Word, then the number 1. And also you can uh, go to uh, Facebook and go to uh, facebook.com slash Fresh of the Podcast. Uh, give us a follow and a like on there. And uh, feel free to uh, post any comments on the Fresh of the Word uh, Facebook page. And also, if you want to ever uh, support the podcast in any other ways, if you go to freshesthepodcast.com, uh, you can click on Support the Podcast, and there's a PayPal link you can donate to. And there's an Amazon link on there that you can use anytime you make any Amazon purchases. It doesn't change anything on your end, but it does uh, throw back a little commission my way. So uh, thank you for all the support that uh, everybody's been giving me thus far. Uh, we're just trying to build up this really dope, different sort of podcast. You know, I talk about, we, we end up talking about a lot of things, but, you know, it all centers around 
wrestling, MMA, and we dash in a little uh, hip-hop, music, whatever, into it all. Because uh, th those are the things that I'm very much interested in. Uh, before we get to this uh, interview with Mike uh, D'Antonio, I definitely want to remind you about uh, some great guys that I know who uh, run a cool uh, screen printing business out of Corktown in Detroit. It's Undeniable Press. If you need anything screen printed, uh, t-shirts, posters, whatever, uh, just give them a shout. You can uh, go to facebook.com slash undeniable.press and uh, give them a holler. There's some uh, great guys and uh, they do some fantastic work. Uh, and also, they uh, also run their own clothing line that's pro wrestling themed. It's called 20 by 20 Apparel. And they got a lot of dope, really dope uh, wrestling themed t-shirts that you could check out. Uh, if you go to their website, which is 20x20apparel.com, that's the number 20x, the number 20 again, and then apparel.com, they have a whole line of great, great, great wrestling themed t-shirts. So uh, give them a check out, you know, check out and, uh, you know, holler and tell them that K-Fresh sent you. All right, let's get to the interview with Mike D'Antonio of Killswitch Engage. Yeah, thanks for taking time out to do this interview. Um, when I was kind of uh, fishing around for things uh, people have on this podcast, uh, publicist Amy was like, man, Mike D from uh, Killswitch Engage is a big wrestling uh, nerd. And I was like, hell yeah, cool, man. I want to talk to him. I, uh, I've done uh, a few podcasts here and there or, or even just interviews about wrestling, and usually uh, when it's time to end, it, it doesn't. I keep on going for like another hour, so <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, more happy to talk about wrestling than music stuff, to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome. But yeah, before we get into uh, the wrestling stuff, I do want to talk a little bit about the music. You guys have had some... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Obviously, there's um, uh, yeah, it's just... a... It's the thing I just get asked about the most, so uh, I'd rather talk about something I'm oh. uh, stoked on watching all the time, you know? Oh, I get it. Like, most anybody <laughs> that I know that are big wrestling nerds, like that are also musicians. They're like, man, let's just talk about wrestling, man. I like, I'm sick of talking <laughs> about this other stuff, man. Um, but uh, yeah, get into some music stuff first. Um, the newest album, Incarnate, has been out for almost a year now. What's been the reaction with it? Uh, going very well. I mean, all you can really do is is create something and then just put it out there and, and see how it gravitates towards the fans and. You know, when we look out, we play the new songs. Kids are singing along and super happy. So to judge it by that, I'd say it's going pretty darn well. Yeah, um, your original singer, uh, Jesse Leach, has been back with the band for the past uh, uh, couple albums. Uh, when you uh, sort of think back to the, you know, the original time when you first started this band, what's, what, how does that compare to this time with him? Um, well, I mean, we're just kids way back when we started 17 years ago, something like that. I mean, uh, you know, back when bands only lasted a couple of years. So you just get together with friends and see what happens. Really. If there's a spark, there's a spark. If not, you know, uh, no big deal. You move on to the next band. And this is one of those things I never thought would, would, uh, exceed my expectation as far as, uh, longevity. It's pretty cool to last this long, but. I mean, as as you know, 17 years of uh, of backstory definitely things get a lot of uh, twisted and changed and and a lot different than they are now. Um, 
you know, uh, Jesse left the band and it was kind of a bummer. Um, but you, you can understand that touring's not for everybody. His heart was definitely in the band, but you know, everything else around being in bands like touring and being away from home is, is grating on people. It doesn't always work for everybody. Definitely. And it didn't work for him at the time. And, you know, we moved on. Uh, Howard Jones stepped in really quickly, like two weeks or three weeks after Jesse left. Um, you know, we, we were like, oh, we're screwed. You know, <laughs> no one comes back from a uh, singer leaving. Um, but Roadrunner Records, you know, called us into the office. They took us under their wing and they said, we don't want you guys to break up. We think you're too valuable and too good a musician's to let this go to waste. So we're going to help you find a new singer and we're going to figure this thing out. And we had already had tours planned and stuff. So we thought we were dead in the water, but um, it was really cool to get that emotional backing from a record label. Cause you don't really hear that about record labels. You just hear about how nasty they are and how, you know, they <laughs> right. rip you off. But um, these guys were in the beginning, just uh, they were on our side and it was really cool to have someone on our side, especially at a time like that. And now fast forward, um, you know, things didn't work out with Howard. That's just the way things go. Uh, we're still friends with him and he's doing another band and it's, it's all good, but Jesse's back in the mix and, um, happier than ever. It really, it's refreshing, you know, to change members, uh, especially a singer, the focal point of the band. Uh, there's nothing a bit more refreshing than getting a whole new, um, you know, uh, song melody and, and lyrical content thrown back into the mix. Um, yeah, it's just exciting. We, we were a bit stagnant towards the end of the Howard Jones type eras. It was just tour, 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 write a record, tour, right. tour, tour, tour. And we just, we were collapsing inwards. And, uh, now that Jesse has come back and, and breathed new life into this thing, it feels like a brand new band and, and we're just excited to be on the road and doing this thing again. And, and he sounds great. Like, uh, you know, he had, he had some issues way back when, uh, with his voice. And that really led to a lot of his overthinking things and, yeah. um, cynicism about being able to, to be a singer for a band at all. And he's gone through many, many changes and really grown up and, uh, and he's learned his craft. So it's, it's exciting for him to be able to pull off what he wants to pull off with the band. He can do all the Howard stuff. It's pretty, pretty awesome, man. He's just, he's on it and it feels great. Was that a long answer to your question? (laughs) (laughs) Was that, um, was that original transition from, uh, from Jesse to Howard and having sort of the, have Roadrunner be so helpful with it? Was that, was that like one of the first indications that this band might be, uh, something that could last a long time or was there anything else that um, popped in your head and an event that you were like, you know what? Holy shit. This could be something we could do for a long time. No, you never think that ever. You never (laughs) think this is going to last long. You always know or have in the back of your mind that it could fall apart at any second. It's like a marriage. (laughs) These things just fall apart really fast overnight usually and over something really stupid. So luckily we have really good, um, contact with each other. We talk about problems, issues that we have and we're really good friends, which you don't hear too much bands say, or if they do, they're lying. <laughs> right. But, um, we just really get along with each other and we can talk things out 
if there's any weirdness or stuff like that. I'm not sure if that answered your question, though. Oh, no, definitely. Um, I read that you do all the artwork for the band. Um, what, you know, how, how did you uh, first originally uh, get into doing the artwork for the band? And, you know, where do you j- sort of jive your, uh, your inspiration to be able to, like, this is what I want to do for this project? Right on. Um, well, as far as design goes, I used to be used to hang out with bands way back when I was a kid and they'd be playing music and I thought it was the coolest thing, but I didn't have any sort of musical ability or I never picked up an instrument. I just liked hanging out and moshing in people's basements. And stuff <laughs> like that. Just, you know, little house parties or whatever. And right. it, it was back when, you know, punk rock was real punk rock and, and uh, metal was a dirty word and hardcore was fucking cool. And, um, my my friends just I was going through a vocational high school at the time and and my friends needed flyers and stickers and seven inch covers and demo covers and stuff and there was a shop called Graphic Arts and uh, there was printing presses there and all sorts of things that my friends I could use to help my friends and and get their band further so like that's I guess how I fell into graphic arts was helping out my friends and really liking. Uh, layout and putting things together, but not really putting two and two together that, that it was graphic design. I mean, this is way back before I even knew what graphic design was. I just yeah. knew that I was putting these things together and I was pretty stoked on them. And then when it came time to graduate and go to college, um, I was like, I think I like graphic design. I don't know. Printing presses kind of suck. <laughs> and I'm not sure if I like doing, you know, um, making plates for presses or even working in the press room for that matter at all. Right. And I uh, just dove headfirst into it. And uh, for a project for college, it was to make up your own graphic design company and make logos for it and sort of like make all the cool stuff, all the accoutrement that, that you might give out for, for this thing to promote it. Yes. Yeah. And I came up with Dark Icon Design way back then in 92, and I've been doing it ever since and helping out bands and doing a lot of graphic design for everybody. And it's natural to have the ability to do graphic design, to do graphic design for your own bands. Right. And I've done it the whole time and kept it cheap and kept it DIY. And uh, it was just, like I said, natural just to start doing it because no one else was going to do it unless I did it. So it got done. Awesome. When uh, when sort of thinking about what uh what these covers should look like and everything, you know, what sort of uh, pops in your head? Um, well, it, I mean, the band is a client. It's not just me saying this is what needs to happen. Right. So I got to make those guys happy. Uh, a lot of times, uh, weird ideas that are very intricate that I have to whittle down into. I guess it's smallest form or most uh, iconic form and trying to try to build back from that. Um, I use a lot of photography because I can't draw. I'm a terrible illustrator, which sucks being a graphic designer. It's like <laughs> you have both your kind of this unicorn that can do anything. But right. um, so I rely on photographs from around the world because I'm around, you know, I go everywhere, take photographs in any manner that I want and I have folders filled with pretty much anything you possibly think of. So it's at hand and I can use it. It's my stuff, you know? Um, and I use that in place of illustrations, but, um, mostly for 
covers or whatever. I love horror movies. Those are my favorite things to watch. And of course, wrestling is, is uh, another one of those things where I pick up things along the way and, and kind of infuse them into the kill switch um, world. Uh, yeah. The name incarnate, for instance, uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, oh, incarnate sounds pretty cool. I'm going to text Jesse and see what he thinks of that. And, He's like, oh, I love it, but I didn't tell him it was wrestling related at all. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in, in Ring of Honor, um, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. He's a valet, and he's got glasses and long hair, and I think he's with Jay Lethal. Oh, uh, um, he, Truth Martini. Yeah, yeah. He, he carries around like a a Bible looking thing, like a book, right? Yeah, yes. And but it, to me, it looked like a pizza box. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder if we could do a pre-order and shove a bunch of crap into a pizza box. <laughs> and that would be like our pre-order for the new record. And that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, now that you've uh, you kind of uh, you know, started talking about wrestling, it's a good segue into uh, uh, you know, mainly what I wanted to talk with you about. Um, so, you know, you, you just mentioned, you know, WWE, Brock Lesnar, and also Ring of Honor. So I'm assuming that you, not only do you uh, watch uh, WWE stuff, but you, you pay attention to the other companies, the indies and whatnot. Um, what are some of your favorite I prefer the I prefer the, the indies or whatever. Okay, yeah. So what, what are some WWE. of your... Yeah, I, I have my entire life. I was an ECW guy. Oh, yeah. up, And um, I only was forced to watch WWE because all my favorites were going over there. RVD is my favorite of all time. And as soon as he started being Mr. Monday Night, I had to switch over and watch the kind of, I don't know, I, I think it's a, a way more tame and slightly more boring. And, you know, some of these uh, plot lines are designed for three-year-olds. But go yeah. ahead with what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. But, um, no, what are, um, these days, what are some of your, uh, some of your favorite uh, indie companies? Um, Lucha Underground is my favorite okay. by far. It has some of the best action. Every single show you watch, there's something where you, you just can't believe you saw. And I love that about that company. That reminds me of the old ECW where you just, or even like a Howard Stern, you just don't know. If you don't watch that one day, you could miss one of the coolest things that right. you may never see again um, or hear again. So um, I, I buy Lucha Underground and have it archived because I like to rewatch it all the time. I play it for dudes on the bus <laughs> or driving around. Um, I'm getting my roadies into it. Um, and there's talk of maybe going to one of the shows, the house shows. I'd be stoked to do something like that. But um, Ring of Honor is pretty rad. It's really fun to watch. Um, New Japan is probably my second favorite. Oh, yes. Really close to Lucha Underground because it has been so good. The, that Kenny Omega match, holy smokes, the other day. Oh, my goodness. Um, at that pay-per-view was just unbelievable. And I agree with a lot of people that say that that could be match of the year because that was phenomenal. Oh, Some incredible. of the greatest spots I've seen in a while. Incredible, incredible, incredible. <laughs> Man. Yeah, um, kind of going back to the uh, to Lucha Underground, uh, I really enjoy that uh, that product because they're not trying to be like anything else. They're trying to be their own uh, sort of en entity, and they're bring and they're bringing in sort of the storylines also that kind of um, kind of tie into like that sort of 
Mexican mysticism that you see in other shows like on El Rey Network or that are similar to it. Like, you know, like even like the movie and TV show Till Dust Till Dawn, like they have similar yeah. things in it, you know, and that's what I enjoy about it. Um, who are some of your favorite uh, wrestlers on there? On Lucha Underground? Yes. Um, let's see. Pentagon Dark is amazing. Oh, uh, yes. Um, Prince Puma, Phoenix, the High Flyers I yeah. love. I haven't been caught up with season three. Um, one blew me away. Two was even better. Three kind of left me feeling a little bit weird. Uh, I only watched probably the first four or five because I really save them for when I'm on tour because it's something to look forward to every night after a show <laughs> to watch three or four Lucha Undergrounds. Yeah. Um, but uh, So I'm not really sure of any of the new people from season three, but those dudes are so much fun to watch for sure and who doesn't love katrina oh dude <laughs> exactly man and that and that kind of goes to like my next uh point is that what i what i love about uh lucha underground is the way that they use the the women that are apart they're just they're on this equal platform with everybody else and to a certain Sexy extent star. yeah <laughs> like you have like sexy star and to a certain extent so um like a katrina they're like the leader. They're like the. They're they're in that they're in this uh, you know, bigger level than everybody else. This sort of controlling level. This this sort of level of respect. And that's what I absolutely love about Lucha Underground is like the some you know like WWE's do, did the whole the, um, women's revolution and and there's other um, companies that are infusing more women to their uh, to their company with Lucha. It just a part of it. They're not women. They're just a part of it. Have you um, have you seen have have you seen the Black Lotus Tribe uh, on um Lucha yet? No, I think they may have been in the last episode that I watched, but uh, I've seen smatterings here and there of some really cool stuff that they were doing. Yeah, it was really dope. Like I think uh Black Lotus, she herself was like um a part of like uh first like our like last few episodes of season two and mm -hmm. um but she didn't do any wrestling or anything but in season three there's actually episodes dedicated to her and three of her like her other you know women like um that are actually in in a match you know and actually in doing stuff and it's incredible um now do you think uh wwe doesn't do that sort of thing uh men against women because of domestic violence are they afraid of that or the implications or I, I think part of that is that is that they don't want uh sort of to look like they it's a domestic violence thing. Um yeah. I, it makes it seem like they think they're too macho, you know, like oh we're you know, the guys were obviously beat the crap out of the girls, so we can't do that because they don't stand a chance. And that that's the way it appears to me and I think that's so wrong. Because like if you go on the indies, there's so many fun matches that are uh uh, intergender matches. Uh, like, have you seen any of the stuff with, um, um, uh, what's her name? Oh my goodness, I'm blanking out right now. Um, uh, Johnny Gargano's wife. Uh, uh, no, I haven't. Oh, um, why am I blanking out on her name? She's like one of my favorites. Oh, uh, Candice LeRae. No, I, I haven't seen any of her stuff. Oh, I do uh, love Evil East. She's pretty awesome. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, 
but yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of dope like there's more and more really dope like women's wrestlers on the indies that do like crazy shit with the men, and uh, but you'll never see that in WWE because they're, they're um, yeah, I think it's more of like that they don't want to look like it's like sort of a domestic violence sort of thing, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, it's a shame because China did it, and it wasn't really that big of a deal, but I think it was because they thought she looked manly so she could take one of those guys. But Well, they did some wild shit during that time, too, man. They did some wild shit during that time. There, I don't know if you remember it, but there was this one, uh, there was this one episode of, it was probably on Raw or something, um, where, like, Austin was just laying it in with a chair to Lita. Like it was crazy. Hmm. Like even now, it's kind of cringeworthy. You're like, oh, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this, yo, this shit kind of crazy. Um, hmm. You, um, you also, yeah, you also mentioned uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, that's like that's like one of my favorites too. And um, Russell Kingdom was recently, and like you're you're mentioning the uh, the Okada versus Omega uh, match, which blew everybody away, man. Whew, yeah, I mean, there's so much great talent over there. It's it's so fun to watch every single episode. Like Lucha Underground, there's something fun, and the fact that they trade, you know, Ring of Honor people too. You, you you're gonna know somebody on there. It's not like you're gonna watch it and not know anything that's going on. Right. It sucks that uh, you know they play episodes from six months ago on TV, but I don't really care. I watch it for the wrestling. I don't give a crap about lines or whatever <laughs> right they've been yeah in access they've been um a little bit better and catching up to more closer uh events like i think they were forced to to play wrestle kingdom yeah oh, definitely. so many people were talking about it because that was a massive jump in timeline to put that on real quick yeah i actually i actually subscribed to N- njwp world so uh uh i just watch everything with uh with, with the, the Japanese commentary, they do do some English commentary though on the major events now on all the major. God, events. how can you how can you not want to hear Jr. He's the, my favorite. Oh my god! Oh, I I know I love commentary in the business. I know I loved like when it was originally uh, uh, Jr. and uh, I know when it was originally Josh Barnett and Mauro Ranello doing it. Yeah, it's great. That was incredible. And as and the funny thing was is like listening to them call like new japan um matches kind of was the reason why i transitioned to liking mma more because they were always oh, okay they were always dropping these uh these little uh nuggets about pride and other things because um uh sakuraba you um was wrestling in uh new japan at the time and he was he's like the babe ruth of japanese mma and hmm. and then Josh Barnett, he's an MMA fighter, so you'd always hear all these uh, these little nuggets of uh, of just like facts and stuff about from the MMA world that they kind of infused into the New Japan broadcast. And I'm like, oh, dude, this is like, I'm like, I'm gonna go check some of this other stuff out. But yeah, like, I was actually amazed at how knowledgeable Josh Barnett was coming from the complete other world. It seems like he may have wrestled. In the past, I don't know if he did or not, but um, oh yeah, he he has he has a lot of knowledge uh, in regards to that. He's, yeah, he, um, he's actually been in TNA recently. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I I know him. He's a really nice guy. Like we'll run into him at shows and stuff here and there, and uh, 
he's really fun to talk to, but I haven't talked to him since I found out that he was uh, doing the voice for uh, New Japan. So I'd love to pick his brain about some cool stuff going on over there. Yeah, he um, yeah, yeah, he's a big metalhead. Um, he uh, he does uh, he he like reviews like metal albums and stuff like that. He's big uh, big into heavy metal. Oh yeah, we tell him to stay out of the pit, but he still goes in. <laughs> that's awesome but yeah um recently i guess he uh he got like uh flagged by usada for some sort of a banned substance or whatever so he hasn't been uh fighting in the ufc at all but he did uh, uh but he did go you know, the last time he, do you remember the last time he got fighted um i think it was an affliction thing they were starting an affliction uh fighting troop yeah group do you remember that? It was like seven that was, or eight years ago. That was, that he was, was on a, our bus the that, night before. Oh, right. Really? <laughs> I don't know if it was because he was hanging out with us that he got popped, but uh, um, <laughs> that's what happened. He was on our bus, and then all of a sudden we found out the next day that he wasn't able to uh, have his match because he got in trouble. Oh, dude. <laughs> 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 that's crazy but yeah i guess yeah i guess recently he got he got flagged by uh usada and um so i i don't know what's it's become of that but i know he did show up in uh like impact wrestling it did actually win the title uh but i don't know if it's aired yet because uh they taped those things ahead of time um poor impact wrestling they're <laughs> <laughs> right but it they're they're trying to revamp their stuff again. They have uh, new owners and um, they're they're trying some new things. So hopefully, I think they should just stop it and rebrand and start anew because there's just so much baggage that goes along with that. I, place. I think I that's know. what they're trying to do to a certain extent is rebrand and sort of you know they. Last year was really, really good for them to a certain extent with the whole uh, broken Matt Hardy thing. Uh, yes. Did you enjoy that? I did. I thought it was great. Uh, Matt Hardy was always sort of a flat character to me. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's like doing it. He's like pulling it off and he's, like, he's his own dude and he's not trying to imitate anybody. He's not trying to be a tough guy. I think it works. He finally found himself. He He totally sort of changed how like rustling people talk like anytime you hear the word delete or obsolete like doesn't matter where you're at like wrestling fans are gonna pop definitely <laughs> i don't like how the uh the delete sign that people are doing though looks kind of like a sieg heil i think that's a little weird but <laughs> it anyway. does actually it really does it's a little i think we can stop that part but everything else is great <clears throat> Definitely, definitely. But no, I, I ho hopefully with Impact, uh, they can kind of uh, kind of and reinvigorate everything again. And, and it's sad. They've had so much great talent go through there that just didn't work out. I mean, that, that's the reason why I even started watching Begin with um, AJ Styles was amazing. Samoa Joe was oh. killing people. That whole first couple years of TNA was great. It was fantastic. And then it just fell apart. Yeah, those first few years with all the, like the more homegrown talent, the like the X division was really dope. 
to me, what always turned me off was like the older guys that they brought in there. Yeah. Everything right, they... right. So as Hogan started showing his face and Nash, I don't know, it got weird again. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff with like Sting and anybody that's older, like, was just really like corny to me. Like, I didn't, mind, I didn't mind Kurt Man. Angle because Kurt Angle's a, a really good worker and everything. But oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's great. He's it's funny that he's been there longer than he was in WWE. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And he, Very yeah, weird. And he had, and he had, he had a lot but, of great stuff in there. But it was just like those older guys and way. It was just like ugh. you can't, uh, you can't say Sting without having me have a cringe go up my back with what WWE did to that guy. It is a crime. I was never a WCW fan, so I was never really a Sting fan, but I knew about him, and I knew yeah. how great of a wrestler he was and just how WWE brought him in and buried him just made me want to cry. And then just Rollins uh, putting an end to his career so fast, um, that's, that was just all screwy. Not only did they bury him, but they broke him. Yeah, it was awful. And the thing was is... During that time, you had Sting and you had The Undertaker in the same place at the same time. And everybody wanted to see that match. And Undertaker, Undertaker really wasn't doing anything that was important. And the whole Sting versus Seth Rollins wasn't exactly an important match. It was just like, why couldn't we have seen Sting versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania? That would have been awesome. I feel like they're building towards that, but then, you know, then Rollins kind of took that away. Uh, that that was just, that, that, that was sad, though. I, but I, and I wasn't ever the biggest Sting fan at all. I always thought he was kind of corny. But right. for the most part, you know, bringing him back, like, I was just like, all right, let's, you know, let's, let's give this guy this last can, run. Yeah, you could not be a fan of him and still aware of his legacy and and how much he meant to people you know and then take that and then see what wwe did it's just a crime it's a total crime yeah, definitely uh kind of going back to the new japan stuff um i've been i've been super impressed on you know where new japan has gone in the past year or so uh because you go back and they lost AJ Styles, they lost Shinsuke Nakamura, Anderson and Gallows left, and they were like, okay, like, these were top guys for them, and you're like, okay, what are they going to do next? And it was a little flat for a few months after that, but what I liked was that all the right guys sort of stepped up. Um, you had Kenny Omega who stepped up. You had uh, uh, Tetsuya Naito and the whole uh, Los Angeles Navas de Japan uh, crew, they stepped up and they became something. Um, you, you even had other people in the Bullet Club like um, uh, Takahashi and uh, and uh, what's his name uh, and a few of the other guys step up and be uh, and sort of take bigger roles. And um, like th- by the end of last year, it was an incredible company, and it all le- led up to this amazing. Um, Russell Kingdom uh, a month ago, which that whole card you know, was amazing. It also seems like they filled holes that they had with the Ring of Honor people, and what a great exchange that was to see their talent come over. And to see the Young Bucks in that arena is it, just its awesome. Those guys are 
the best thing going right now, I think. Oh, yeah. And, and seeing someone like Adam Cole uh, at the Tokyo Dome, you know, it's just like, holy shit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like th- this is incredible, man. And and that Russell Kingdom, um, that Russell Kingdom card was just like, like there was okay, there was eight titles that were on the line that whole night, and like every match was just like incredible, man. And especially that last four match that run that last four uh, match run was just like holy shit. You know what? It's funny. I watched the Omega match and then couldn't get through the rest of it because it was so good that I was just like, this doesn't. This just isn't as good as the one I just saw. So I had to put it away for a little while and not watch it. I got to finish it up. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Like, that Okada Omega match was so good that I've only watched it once. Because I'm like, I don't... It, it's, like, it's like one of those treats that you have that you like feel like you don't deserve to ever get again or something (laughs) (laughs) so you're like i can't watch it again i already did i already deserved it once i already got it once you know like (laughs) i can't watch but what's been what's been dope though is um since uh russell kingdom um there's been the infusion of uh shizuki uh shizuki gun uh um crew into uh new japan like the bullet club's kind of taking a break from it and um, you have uh, Minoru Suzuki that uh, he's been kind of in his whole crew coming in and sort of wreaking havoc. Hmm. Have you have you seen have you seen any clips of that yet? Not yet, no. Oh, dude, every, everything since like um, um, since the day after um, Russell Kingdom when they uh, do that New Year's Dash uh, event at Kirken Hall, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been it's been pretty awesome. Uh, it's been. It's it's been basically there hasn't been any like sort of bullet club stuff since uh Russell Kingdom but you have this whole other crew of guys that I th- I think they've been uh, ma- basically been uh they've been wreaking havoc over at uh uh Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan. Uh hmm. so they like when you get it when that finally comes up on Access which hopefully be soon uh all that's going to be really dope like that's they they've been having some dope programming recently. Nice, awesome. Um, with um, in Ring of Honor, you know, who are some of your favorites in Ring of Honor? Let's see. Um, I like Dalton Castle. He's pretty rad. He's oh, fun to watch. He's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Adam from my band, just uh, having a lot of fun and taking the piss out of everything. <laughs> uh, the Briscoes are brutal. Yeah. I mean, the t- I, I like the tag teams actually more than most of the singles guys over there. Young Bucks, Briscoes, yeah, yeah. Uh, just I they, I've never seen them either of them have bad matches. Right, <laughs> so much fun to watch. I really I really like War Machine over there. Sure, sure. Yeah, they're they're really they're a really fun tag team to watch. Like two big guys, but they can like. They have they're really agile and they can get around the ring and they're and they're they look like these Viking guys. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Um, I kind of like that they don't really have storylines going on there either. It's just give me some wrestling. I don't care about any of that other crap. I don't care how they connect. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Just show me fun stuff. Entertain I, me. Yeah, I think that's that's always been sort of like the good thing about a ring of honor and also like new Japan is that, you know, they keep the storylines minimal and 
basically around competition. The storylines that they do have are around competition. Sometimes they'll uh, they'll step out of the bounds a little bit to something else, but it's still like pretty simple and about a competitive nature in regards to it. It might be like I hate your guts and I want to kill you or whatever, but at the same time, it's still like they keep it simple. There's nothing like too convoluted like you'd see in the WWE or anything like that. Yeah, there's nothing worse than WWE playing down things to the fifth grade level. It's just silly. I'll be watching it, and my wife will walk in and say, what in the hell are you watching, and why are you watching that? And I'll say, I have no clue, but they're going to wrestle eventually. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, like, these days, that's, like, that's what happens on Raw a lot and too much. Um, SmackDown is a little bit more competitive and they do a lot more wrestling and that's why I'm, I enjoyed like the SmackDown brand a lot more recently. Did you see the pay-per-view last night then? Oh yes, and I was super happy because after years of being dicked around, Bray Wyatt finally got the WWE Championship. That was great. It made me smile. I was like, wow, they... I don't know if they believe in him, and I'm sure he's just a stepping stone for somebody else to grab it. Right. But at least they're giving a little pat on the back to a guy who's put in his time. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I was super happy when, like, at at the end of uh, Elimination Chamber, it was like the last two guys are, like, my two favorite guys in WWE, Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles. I was like, holy shit, sweet. It got got really electric. The crowd was going nuts for that whole Elimination Chamber, and that it kind of made that match seem even more important, which was really cool. But, you know, you take a step back an hour before and, uh, Natalia's match and there's crickets. It was so weird. Like they only really cared about that last match. And to tell you the truth, after watching that pay per view, it's kind of the only thing I liked about the whole night as well. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, the 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 pay per view as a whole was a was pretty much a snoozer. But I did like the Randy Orton and Luke Harper match. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I, I watched it twice because I was kind of on the phone and the, I just kept hearing. You know, this is awesome. I was like, oh, oh, that was cool. Wait, I got to check this out in real time. You know, sometimes you just start thinking about other things and wrestling goes to the back burner. But, right. yeah, that was that was a fun one for sure. The the whole, like, uh, like Wyatt family storyline recently has actually been really good. Um, it kind of uh, reinvigorated, like, Randy Orton's sort of presence here. But what I think... The best part of about it is that it's finally highlighting Luke Harper, and that match last night, even defeat, highlighted how really how good of good of a ring worker Luke Harper really is. Because he doesn't look like a wrestler, period, at all. He just looks like a homeless guy that might hang out near your house, right? And uh, and to show to have him actually show off the goods was it was fantastic. You're right, exactly right. No, it is incredible, and. One other part, one other part of the pay per view that I that I was really happy about was the fact that Naomi beat uh, Alexa Bliss and finally got. Yeah, about- that was great. I love Alexa Bliss. I could watch her all day long. Oh, um, me too. And that wasn't creepy. <laughs> me, <laughs> uh, but, but it was cool to see. It was cool to see uh, uh, the other chick get the rub finally after being in the company what twelve years or something. Oh, she's been she's been a part of so much like really bad 
storylines and gimmicks and stuff like that. And but she's like one of the best. Like she she's athletically one of the best in the company, and she's done so much work, so much good work on her own that it's so good to finally see her. You know, get that get that belt. Not that you, it's not that it's an easy way to judge, but you know, I love watching when these dudes get the belt for the first time and their reaction when they're finally holding that thing over their heads in the middle of the ring yeah. right after the match. Bray Wyatt, I could see smiles cracking here and there. Naomi, nothing. She just had a blank look, and I'm sure it was just because they told her to not play it up, but. I thought it was a little weird that she wasn't a bit happier after so many years of not getting anything and finally getting a piece of the pie. Well, she started she started kind of crying a little bit after it when she when they finally started uh, talking she? to her. Um, like yeah, she started crying like so it showed that sort of emotion. Um, but it, it was really it was really cool to like finally see her uh, get a, get a good rub in the company. Yeah, it's always exciting the people that have paid their dues to to finally give it to him a little bit. Just, I mean, even if you're going to take it away the next week, just, just show him a little love, you know? Yeah. Like, like they did with uh Zach Ryder at the WrestleMania. Yeah. That poor guy. <laughs> he was so happy though. He like, he wins the, the intercontinental championship at WrestleMania. He's like the happiest dude in the world. And then, then he has to drop it the next night. <laughs> and how bad was the Finn Balor thing? That guy could have been right now the main player. Oh, that and and just getting oh. hurt, man. That that hurt me. That made me really sad because he just had the whole future ahead of him. And hopefully, hopefully when he comes back, they'll uh, have some faith in him. But you never know. Right, and I, I feel like that injury screwed up a lot of things uh, in regards to the on the Raw brand. I think, he, and I would imagine Vince takes that to heart. If you're screwing with his whole outlook up until WrestleMania, and something, you know, it's not his fault. Uh, uh, it's not Finn Balor's fault, obviously, but it does happen, and it does put the screws into it. And I'm sure that as soon as those guys get that name brought up, Finn Balor, they think of, oh, that the guy that fucked us over. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. Um. Yes, Samoa Joe's on the uh, the main roster finally. Um, it's really kind of surreal to see him on like Raw. Yeah, it was great. He, they brought him in well. Hopefully, they don't destroy him, turn him into Brazango or whatever their name is. Um, but I love that they brought him up. Uh, sucks that he hurt Rollins. You now <laughs> Rollins is out for his second WrestleMania. But that stuff happens. It didn't look like Joe was being anything above character or he was intentionally trying to hurt him. It just things like that happen. And now it's a bummer that Rollins has a knee that is like a problem. It's the same yeah. knee as last time. It, it's possible that he might be able to be back for WrestleMania. They're saying that it might not be a series they originally thought. But Do you uh, want to see that though and have him re-injure himself again? Right. I don't it's, know. Yeah. Even when he first came back, when he was starting to do some of the moves that he did to get hurt, like everybody would kind of cringe, be like, "Oh, yeah. uh. yeah. <laughs> like, Ugh. but um, I do feel like they they did bring uh, Samoa Joe up to the main roster in a really good way, where it made him look important. You know, um, he's got to be an ultra bad, nasty guy. He's got to be just like that mercenary that just takes dudes down, and that's the way he kind of was way back in 
early TNA, and that's a Samoa Joe I love, the nasty guy that's just going to beat the crap out of people. The Joe's going to kill you guy. And, and that's and that's and that's that's what he plays best. Like anytime he tries to do any sort of babyface role, it's like not as good. You know, he's you don't want to see Samoa Joe smile. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know he can, and I know he does it often, but I don't want to see it on TV. No, not at all, not at all. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they sort of brought some important show, showed that he's an important like figure that he's somebody not to be messed with. You know, and hopefully that will like lead to like some really cool shit like on in WWE with Samoa Joe. It's just still surreal. Uh-oh. Just like seeing AJ How Styles. How good would it be Lesnar versus Samoa Joe? Man, that's what I think that's what everybody wants to see is that is that match cuz these two just big guys, you know, that just like to destroy shit. I'm really nervous about what they're going to do to Goldberg. <laughs> I know they're just they're just pumping him up for some really nasty thing that's going to happen probably WrestleMania, but um, yeah, that guy. And, and he's on a high right now, but he's going to he, drop really fast if they can do that to Sting. They can do that to Goldberg. And he is, and he keeps on like he keeps on um, um, agreeing to being being on more uh, Raws and more television. When like this thing uh, originally was only maybe supposed to be a, like a spot, like appearance or whatever, like one match or whatever, and like Goldberg keeps on like you know agreeing to be on more of the programming. So, hey, money talks until he gets seriously hurt. What is he like fifty three, fifty five, something like that? I mean, he's probably pretty fragile. Even though he looks great, he looks fantastic. He looks fantastic, but he—you uh, could tell there's been a few times when he's like tried to do some old stuff and like irked himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't have that stamina in the ring either. I mean, that's probably why they're only doing two-minute matches because he really can't keep it up. He gets blown out pretty fast, it appears. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, with Goldberg and everything. But I, the the whole thing with. Uh, you know, Brock and Goldberg. It's been cool that like we finally see these things where like it isn't just Brock Lesnar throwing people around for uh ten minutes and you know what the the ending's gonna be. Um but we'll see how it eventually ends. It'll, it'll... But how much fun is it to watch Brock Lesnar throw people around? It is kind of fun, it though. <laughs> it is the most entertaining thing and every time he come out you're like, Okay, this guy's gonna get wrecked let's see how long it takes for this to happen <laughs> i i kind of love it I, I think it's hilarious and up until Strowman, uh they weren't doing that sort of thing they hadn't done it in a while anyways and i love what they're doing with Strowman. like yes. that idiot it actually is terrifying now <laughs> and he comes out at the best possible moments and like, just like screams at people like death metal <laughs> screams at, at right in their face it's great like don't ever have him talk again Right, just just have him scream at people and throw them around. I love, yeah, and I, but I love that he just comes at the right possible moments. He'll be like, "Uh oh, man, Roman Reigns is about to win this match. I don't want Roman Reigns to uh, to win." Then you hear, "Run!" and he comes out and beats up Roman Reigns. <laughs> it's great though. It's it's like it's like WWE's homegrown Brock Lesnar that they can actually control. Right, right, yeah, right. Or at least that's what they're making him seem like he's gonna be. Right, but like, nah, he's he's. I just I just love it, man. And and people are getting on board with the whole Braun Strowman thing more and more. So uh, hopefully it uh, continues to go in the right direction. Uh, they, it's funny though. They, I mean, they probably do about 
10% extremely well in WWE, and the rest just kind of falls by the wayside. And it's really cool that they they can do that 10% as well as they do. I can't, it's so hard to believe that they can't spread it around a little bit more and just make the you know make it fifty percent good. You know, just, there's so many people that are just floundering. They have so much talent. It's insane. Yeah, it's. I don't think they're in the business anymore to uh, to like make superstars to make that John Cena anymore to make anyone. But how like, great has John Cena been the past year? I could John Cena would put me to sleep. Right up until what he did, did he do the Stone Cold podcast? Is that the one where he got called out? Yeah, yeah, I think for so. For doing the five moves. After that, man, it was just nonstop. The whole Cena challenge was amazing. Every single match I've seen him in in the past year has been like top notch. So good. All of his stuff and with AJ a, Styles has been. This incredible. is a guy that I hated forever. I'll scream Cena sucks when I'm in the, you know, watching the show. Alive, if I'm in the in the arena, I'll, I'll John Cena sucks all day long, but he's been fantastic. Yeah, and everything that all his matches with AJ Styles have been incredible. AJ's amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 my favorite in the world. Him and Shinsuke Nakamura are my two favorites in the world. <laughs> How do you think Nakamura is going to do on the main roster? Man, it could go horribly wrong. It could be, man, because. Because WWE's always been bad with like, with with uh, like Japanese, like well any any sort of like other like ethnic character or whatever, <laughs> any sort of like yeah there's there's an underlying of racism all over that company yeah um, but he's they really don't do well with people that don't fit into that WWE mold and he's so far out of that mold and. Everything that he does, whether it's coming to the ring or his moves inside the ring, um, it might be hard for people to swallow. I love it. Oh. Uh, NXT, he's the best part of NXT. I actually stopped watching when they pilfered uh, a lot of the talent, you know, a lot of the Charlottes and the Baileys and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but he, you know, he's just every time putting on great matches here. But he does have that. He does have that sort of it factor, though, where it's just like, his natural charisma and everything does really attract a lot of people. So if anything gets over on the main roster, it'll be that. That every time he comes out, it's going to be like this extravagant show sort of thing. But And could he have a better entrance music? Holy <laughs> crap, is that good. Oh, it's amazing, you know. It's so... I. I, I love his entrances, man. It's, just, it's so great, man. It's... I, even the theme, like people are are humming the theme as he's coming down the ramp, and then even when he's done, they're still humming. The, I'm humming the theme at home. It's so catchy. It's awesome. Oh man, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I you know when when he eventually comes to the main roster, like that that's another person that I want. I would love to see a Brock Lesnar match because they did have a match back in the day in New Japan. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, if you go, if you go, uh, yeah, if you go online and just uh, Google it, like uh, they did have a match together, and it was a pretty good match. So that would be something that would be very interesting to see. Is like was it real short? It yeah, it was kind of short, but it wasn't extremely long. Um, I do believe Brock Lesnar won the uh, match, but um, it wasn't really a long, long fight. But it was actually pretty good, though. Hmm. 
yeah, Shinsuke over in New Japan was phenomenal. It was so much fun to watch every single match. Super, super good. Oh. And I couldn't wait till he busted out in NXT. And he, they did it right. They really, uh, they didn't even need to put him on a pedestal. People just loved him already, so it worked. Yeah, man. From the jump, like from that first uh, uh, match that he had in NXT with uh, Sami Zayn, it was just like everything was so. It was all good. I lo- I loved all his uh, all his matches. I was I actually went to the uh, NXT Takeover in Toronto during Sur- a Survivor Series weekend. Um, oh, nice! And it was really dope to see. Uh, yeah, that was that was a night that he actually lost. Uh, but, all right, yeah. But uh, but it was still like really dope to see like finally see Shinsuke Nakamura live, and I'm like, oh man, this is. This is incredible, man. This is it really, really dope, man? I'm like, so. he's a tall dude. He's taller than you might think. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. He, yeah, he was always one of, like the taller dudes like over there in uh, in Japan. Um, that was like, uh, yeah, that, that was like one. That's like one one of the main reasons why um, AJ Styles doesn't do the Styles Clash uh, um, that much anymore is because all the WWE guys are uh, much bigger than the New Japan guys. Uh, yeah, right. Yep. So yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what uh, where Shinsuke uh, ends up in the whole uh, WWE universe. Um, do you think uh, Do you think my boy um, CM Punk's gonna show back up in WWE, or do you think that's over with for good? Man, like that might be over. He he just doesn't seem like he has any sort of just drive to be a part of like wrestling anymore. Like, right. and the funny thing is, is like if he would have like stuck it out for another like two years, like I think there would have been like a better place for him in the WWE, and maybe like a be- maybe a better you know, more, a better rub for him, even though they did kind of treat him a certain way um, while he was there. He was like, there was at times when he was the champion, but not the main event ever. You know, it was really yeah. a lot of weird shit. That even, and he was, he was one of those guys that, that, the, that the WWE was almost like forced to push because the fans were behind him so much. Those are the best guys, I think. I, I love that when it it flips the script on what those guys think. It's pretty neat. It's it's like lightning in a bottle sometimes. I couldn't stand the fact that he put down wrestling before his MMA stuff, and then he used the theme song to come to the ring. Yeah. And and Andy used his own CM Punk name. Like if you're gonna give up wrestling, give up wrestling. Don't do all, you know. Don't come back to us crying because you don't have any fans anymore because you fucking you blew everyone off um i just i did not like like i've met him and he's a really nice guy we we did a theme song for him uh back in the day and uh that was the only thing it really left a super bad taste in my mouth well well apparently uh the whole uh uh living color cult personality thing actually goes back because um I was just um, Living Color was on uh, Jericho's podcast this past week, uh-huh. and they were telling the story about that. They were like, um, CM Punk actually told us that the reason why he wants to use that song was uh, when back in the back when he was uh, a kid playing baseball, that was the song that their team went out to the field with. For, um, with. 
Oh, that's funny. So it was it like. He had a, you know, we did this song, uh, uh, this fire, way, 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 way back, <clears throat> and it was a privilege and an honor to be a part of, you know, that WWE scene. It was really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but he had he had told us that he was going to switch songs because he was he was going to turn heel, and he asked us if we could cover Cult of Personality, and uh, we just we couldn't do it. We couldn't get into the studio and make it happen. So the whole two years later, all of a sudden he pops up and. That was his theme song, but <laughs> um, super nice guy, really nice dude in person. That's awesome, awesome. Uh, to kind of like wrap things up, uh, is there is there any other uh, companies out there that you've been able to attend like indie uh, wrestling shows for? Let's see. Um, NECW is a New England promotion I've seen, I've seen a bunch of times. That's really fun to watch okay. here and there. It's really, really small. Um Seen NXT live, that was really fun. Um, I don't get out a lot to enough wrestling because we're touring constantly, and it would have to be like stars aligned if an actual wrestling show was going to be in the same area where I was. Uh, It's pretty difficult usually. Um, But I'm keeping my fingers crossed about maybe going at some point in Japan because there's matches all the time there, and it's such a small area that it wouldn't be too hard to catch a bullet train to go see a show. Oh, there's tons. Yeah, there's there's always like there's so many different wrestling promotions out there that there's like always something going on, like at Kirk and Hall or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be very exciting to see Japanese wrestling in a Japanese dojo. I'd be stoked. Good. Dope, dope. But uh, okay, it's been uh, great talking with you, man, about wrestling, man. I I definitely enjoyed uh, you know hearing your insight on everything. Um, if, if anybody wants to check out, um, you know, where they can find out more info, information about, uh, Kill Switch Engage, uh, where can they go online? Um, killswitchengage.com is the easiest place to find out, you know, where we're touring or whatever, merch and all that good stuff. Uh, my design company, darkicondesign.com. You could go there, check out my crappy website with, with really good art on it. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I just needed to put a website together, so it's pretty much the most basic thing you've ever seen. But you know, the artwork hopefully speaks for itself. Um, currently, Killswitch is uh, going out on the road um, in two weeks. We're going to Australia. We're going to do the 15th anniversary of Alive or Just Breathing, our second record, our first record on Roadrunner. Nope. Um, for the yeah 15 year anniversary, and then um, in March, end of March, uh, we're doing a co-headliner with Anthrax. That's oh, yeah. a U.S. tour, and hopefully our last one for this album cycle. I think we've decided that we are going to shorten the time that we tour and make more records or more frequent records rather than every two years, maybe every year, year and a half, and maybe be able to be home just a touch more. We miss every holiday known to man or every birthday, so it'd be good to spend a little time at home. Um, but currently, and then one last thing, currently, uh, we have a, a Blu-ray out, uh, just came out uh, a couple months ago and it's the last four years of Jesse joining the band and, uh, becoming reacclimated to touring and our whole touring cycle. I think, ah, man, I can't even remember how many dates were on that cycle is a, is a good four year stint of shows around the world. And, uh, the documentary that talks about, getting back together in the massive love fest that is now Kill Switch Engage. 
Awesome, awesome. It's been great to, uh, to talk with you, Mike. Very nice to talk to you. Uh, if you want to do it again, let me know. I would be happy. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, man, you have a good day, man. Okay, you too. Bye. All right, bye. That was my interview with Mike D'Antonio, guitarist of the band Killswitch Engage. And now, like always, I'm joined with my co-host, pro wrestling and MMA connoisseur, Detroit hip-hop artist, and proud Marine, V-Styles. Hoorah. Hi. How you doing? How you doing, <laughs> Kelly? You good? I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing? Hey, man. Hey. Feeling a lot better than the last couple weeks, man, but uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, me too. You? I'm feeling a lot better, man. I feel like I've... Uh, I've uh, Take a dip in the the lake of rejuvenation, and uh, I'm feeling a little better. That's all that matters, man. That's all that fucking matters. Yes, 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 yes. A lot has happened this past week, and both in the world of uh, pro wrestling and MMA. A lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, start things off, pro wrestling, something Mm -hmm. really great happened. And all, and, and you get, and... Yes! We have to we have to sing yes. a song. You have to sing a song to do it. He has the whole world. Whole world in, in his hands. hands. He has the, the whole world in his hands. hands. Oh, <laughs> dude, it's been the thing that we've talked about so much on this podcast, and it actually happened. Bray Wyatt happened. wins yes. the WWE Championship at Elimination Chamber. Oh, yeah, it, it was it was a. Uh, no. It's a beautiful sight, man. It's a beautiful sight. And even him beating AJ Styles, and you know, you know, I'm an AJ Styles yeah. guy. Yeah, me too. But if any man, if any man deserves the world title, Bray Wyatt deserves. So well done, sir. Well yeah. fucking done. Yeah, in the match, it was Baron Corbin, uh, Dean Ambrose, The Miz, John Cena, AJ Styles, and Bray Wyatt. The la- it came down mm-hmm. to the last three: were Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles, and uh, John Cena. Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. pins John Cena, so it's uh, it's all up to Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles, which I totally marked out for. I was like, oh my god, like yeah, these are my- as a wrestling fan, I think we all did. I'm like, okay, okay, we got we're gonna have a new champion. It's gonna be either AJ Styles or Bray Wyatt. Oh my goodness, you know these are like my two favorite like guys on the main roster, and I'm like, all right, all right. I, I'm an AJ Styles fan. He's my favorite, but I want this to be Bray Wyatt's time, you know. And it happened, Indeed. and it was awesome. It was very awesome. Yeah. And, and what was Definitely great? Awesome. And what was great was Tuesday on SmackDown. He came out to the "You Deserve It" chant from the crowd. Yes. And, That's the ultimate respect. And. Man, we've been like we've been like so many people have been waiting for this time to happen, and we're uh, a lot of people are very you know we're we're all very skeptical skeptical about how long this might last. But mm-hmm. what was really cool was on SmackDown on Tuesday they uh, had the triple threat match between Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles, and John Cena. It was a really great match, had a great ending, and even though Bray Wyatt got beat up at the, before the match by Luke Harper, he came out victorious. Mm-hmm. Pinning John Cena clean. And I'm, and I'm not mad at that, man, because that makes him look... I mean, I, he's, he, to me, he's, he reminds me... Like, okay, I'll say this. 
it's it's few guys that can play the heel. Yet when they come out, and you see all those fucking lights, yeah, it's the it's the biggest sign of respect from the fans, man. I've always said fans will let you know who they rock with. <clears throat> the fans let you know every time he come out, whether he's a good guy. I mean, he's never been really a good guy per se. No. Nah. Um, but they let you know, I rock with this dude and I appreciate this dude. And we've seen the hard work that this dude put in night in, night out. And we love his character. That dude recreated himself three fucking times. <laughs> and finally, something fucking stuck. And this is this was a beautiful thing for wrestling, man. So um, I'm happy for him, man. Let's see how far this can go. Um, of course, I would love to see AJ Styles get the strap again. I'm just an AJ Styles guy. Right. Who knows? We're gonna have a draft coming up soon, and maybe he can go to Raw, where where he can, you know, go for the Universal Title. Um, but I'm super happy for Bray Wyatt, and let's just see how far he can take this. Yeah, it's all up to him, really. And what's great about the Bray Wyatt character, in in regards to the the fans in the arena all the time, is that he's always acknowledged. I love hearing the Husky Harris chant. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but he's always acknowledged them, but he's always brought it into yep. his his world. His, you know, the Fireflies. You know, it's it's something that he he doesn't acknowledge them as just like regular people or anything. He like kind of gave it up. Look, he kind of gave it up on Tuesday, though. He didn't he didn't give it up, but you could tell that he was filling the fans. You can tell. It. Yeah, and he, but he brought it back to like he brought it in a little bit, you know, to being like, this is like this is my world. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm the you know I'm the man right now, and I you know I love it, you know, and it was, and and how SmackDown ended with uh, with Randy Orton coming out, and you know basically saying that you know continuing the storyline and how it's been where he's like I don't want to have this match with you. Um, you know, brings more questions now and actually furthers this, you know, this whole Wyatt family storyline that's going on that has, like, all these movable parts right now, which are which is actually really, really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I do think Luke Harper is one of the more underutilized guys. Oh. Now, hopefully he's one that, that can shine out of this because Randy Orton is always going to shine. Bray Wyatt is always going to shine. Let's hope Luke Luke Harper will start getting that love that that you know we all think he deserves, man. Because I love that I love that Gator roll. That Gator roll was one of my favorite moves. Man, Luke Harper is so underappreciated and un- underrated. Yeah. Man, give that guy the yeah. give that guy the U.S. belt or the IC belt or something, man. Like yeah, yeah, something, I man. <laughs> like, totally agree. Um, another. Another big win at uh, Elimination Chamber was for the SmackDown women's uh, title. Naomi beat Alexa Bliss. After all these years of Naomi being part of all these weird gimmicks and kind of being underutilized. And being, and, and being a pug. Because she used to be a pug. If y'all don't know what a pug is, a pug is a person that, you know, yeah, you know, 
I love SD Jones. You probably don't remember SD Specially, Special Delivery Jones, but SD yeah. Special Delivery Jones was a pug. I mean, he was a dude or, or you know, a competitor. You knew they was going to lose every week. Iron Mike Sharp. Yeah. A pug. Quick Draw Rick McGraw. A pug. Barry Horowitz. A pug. You knew what their jobs were. And I'm not saying that she was a professional pug, but the WWE definitely didn't utilize that talent for a long time. And uh, I'm happy for her, man. Good for her. Yeah, that was that was super... I was super excited about that, you know. I'm a big Alexa Bliss fan, but I was like, finally. You know I'm not, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, finally, you know, finally, like, Naomi. She gets her credibility. Gets, yep. gets the credit that she deserves, you know, gets that, that, that positive rub, you know, from the WWE that she's long deserved. You know, she's... What? she's what? I'm old partner. Is she in NXT now? Oh, no, she, uh, she got fired from uh, WWE. Yeah, because this is new black chicken NXT. I was like, is that Naomi's old partner? Oh no, that's uh, that's Ember Moon. You're probably talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's exactly dope, man, and she's dope. She can go. Oh, Ember Moon is dope. I she's gonna be she's gonna be one of the. Uh, she's gonna be she's gonna be one of the ones. Huh? Yeah, she's gonna be one of the ones in the future, definitely. But I'm glad I'm glad okay. Naomi finally got this uh, positive rub. Um, she's she's definitely one of the most athletic. Uh, competitors in the wwe um and she better than her husband <laughs> yes i think i think a lot of people would agree agree with that <laughs> but um yeah it was it was super cool uh to uh finally see uh naomi get that uh Get that, uh, get 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 the acknowledgement that she uh, definitely, definitely deserved. Um, one thing we didn't talk that I failed to bring up uh, last week, but I'm glad I didn't because he kicked ass on Raw this week is Samoa Joe's debut. Dude, you know what? <laughs> dude, <laughs> he he's one of I my favorite. I can smile, dude. At- Again, this is something that we we've been talking about for so long, and mm-hmm. his debut was okay. His debut was awesome. He and he ends up injuring uh, Seth Rollins. Um, Wonderful. Which and the funny thing is, is like after it, he went on Twitter in character and talked shit about it. He stayed in character, mm-hmm. and it was perfect. But this week on Raw, it. It was great, you know. I texted you because during that uh, backstage interview that he had with Michael Cole, he's like, "I'm here mm-hmm. to wreck shop," yeah. and I'm like, oh. "I'm here to wreck motherfucking shop." I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> that is so hip hop, man." All fucking day. I I want a T-shirt now that says that Samoa Joe is here to wreck shop, dude. I would wreck rock that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 needs to. Uh, Somebody needs to do like a quote on that. That needs to be a T-shirt. Yeah, he and yeah, with with everything he did on Raw this week, they they're really doing a good job of solidifying him as this this badass, this as they say, this destroyer. Monster. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic, man. And that that backstage interview, everything that backstage everything interview was great. We've ever talked about, is yeah, yeah, real shit. 
And that backstage interview you did with uh, Michael Cole was was really perfect in just being able to to really be able to break down what he's about, you know, and show mm-hmm. without being in the ring and doing stupid fodder with somebody else that, you know, this is what this is what he's all about. And and then he comes out and just beats people up, too. And I'm like, all right, this is this is going this is going well. Um, mm-hmm. one of the other craziest and what craziest moments of Raw that went from pure hilarity to pure heartbreak was the festival of friendship between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. My feelings was hurt, man. I was, oh, okay. I went from a point where I couldn't stop laughing at the beginning of that segment to being like, oh, dude, that shit was great. <laughs> that you went from laughing to pure heartbreak. Hey, you got me, man, dog. It's just, it's this memness out. It's this video memness out where everything is great in the beginning, and then when Owen switches up and does that, you hear the theme from the Titanic, right? <laughs> like playing in the back. I said, yeah, and that's how we felt as a fucking wrestler fan. We felt like, like, wow, nah, man, nah. Honestly, so, that, that could go down as one of the greatest segments ever because, and Chris, that showed Chris Jericho's like genius, like that whole way. Oh, through. indeed. Like even to the point where they went to the commercial break and he hold he held the it till afterwards. Right. I'm like right, right, <laughs> right, right. Real shit. Like Real shit. that whole segment when was the, pure when, when, Jericho genius. Yeah. And I'm like when 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 he when when the magician came out. You know, look, that's what I was waiting on. When the magician came out, he was like, "You know what happened?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you can hear the anticipation of the fans, but they knew it too. Everybody got up. It was like those moments, you can't buy those fucking moments, man. That and that's why Jericho is one of my one of my favorite guys of all time, man. It takes so much to have dope wrestling skills and had dope mic skills. Generally is one or the other for wrestlers. Yeah. But Jericho, he's done this consistently for years, man. I think we go, I think when he finally does say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do this shit no more. We're going to miss that guy because it's not a guy in the WWE right now, excluding AJ Styles, but it's not a guy in the WWE right now that can be so witty at the drop of a dime, man. Chris Jericho is a fucking genius, man. I, I've 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 added you just made to made the list to my everyday things to say to a motherfucker. You know what happens when you talk shit to V in front of people? You know what happens? And, and if I have a pen in my left breast pocket, I pull that motherfucker out and I lift it in the air and I click it and I pause. You know what happens? You just made the list. And motherfuckers will look at me like, what the fuck is he talking about? Be like, yeah, y'all don't get it. But the ones that do get it, they, they bust out laughing because it's like, oh, yeah, Jericho, you know. That, yeah, how do you not rock with that dude? He, good guy, bad guy, he, he fucking rocks, man. And which is going to be real sad to see him leave soon from what I'm hearing. 
you know, I guess he's going to be either going to tour or record some new music with Fozzie, but it makes this storyline that much interesting. Yeah. And I'm a little mad because we all see the direction that they're trying to go with giving Goldberg this world title. And it's like, dude, you know this to him, but you are a part-time world champion. If anything that I had against Brock Lesnar was you're all of everything what people say you are. But, dude, you ain't in that ring all the fucking time, man. People say what they want about Kevin Owens, man. But that dude is out there. Monday Night Raws, uh, uh, not to mention the pay-per-views, not to mention the, the, the shows he do throughout the week, man. So I think they may be dropping the ball, taking the strap off that dude. But you know what? It's just me. I'm not okay. Maybe like um, two weeks ago, we 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 might have all said, "Oh, Goldberg is going to beat uh, Kevin Owens for that belt." But after this week, it's questionable because there was that segment where uh, Triple H was talking with uh, Kevin Owens private privately um, before the whole festival oh, of friendship yeah. thing. So it looks like from what it, from what it looks like, Triple H it looks like he might be forming his own little stable now with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's 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 a hey, great mind, man. Great mind. So yeah, I didn't it, think about that. So it's questionable what might happen with that uh with <clears throat> with the the Goldberg uh Kevin Owens match now after everything that happened on Monday night. Uh, I still see them giving that strap to him, and then him and Goldberg fighting that. Uh, I mean, him and uh, Brock Lesnar fighting that WrestleMania for that Universal strap. Yeah. And I see it's just me because how our brains are when it comes to wrestling, man. But I see Chris Jericho interfering in that match. That's 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 what could happen, and then it'll eventually be uh, Jericho and Owens be a WrestleMania at, match. At WrestleMania. And then. After WrestleMania, KO probably will beat Chris Jericho, and that sends Chris Jericho off to his little hiatus from the WWE until he finishes what he's doing with Fozzie. Right, right, right. Yeah, that looks like you what's know. about about to happen. Uh, we'll see. You know, a lot of we still got like uh, about a month. We got a little and a half. while. We got a little while. We got a little while. But um, yeah. I, yeah, wrestling uh, has, has has made me happy again, man. I'm uh, I'm okay now. Yeah, a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff that's been happening. Oh, well, well, I'm, I am gonna tell you about something I'm not happy about. What's that? Why in the fuck would you put the strap on Bailey? Oh, <laughs> I'm 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 fine with it, but. The... Oh man, it's it's John Cena all over fucking again. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, that, yeah, that shit is corny, bro. That but okay, is, if they're good, if yeah. they're gonna have, but I hope that if, with uh, having uh, Bailey win the uh, with the belt, I hope she at least keeps it for a while and Charlotte doesn't win it again really quick. No, 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 no. Charlotte, Charlotte has. Slowly but surely, won me over. Yeah, yeah, me too. And, but and she's gonna she's gonna beat her daddy's record for most title reigns like in the next year. If this continues. 
Well, she don't lose at pay-per-views. That's that's how they build her. Yeah, she's yeah. never lost at a pay-per-view. Uh, she's the new female Undertaker. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, she don't lose. She don't lose on pay-per-views. No. That's just how that shit goes. You know. I mean. I mean. That that's a fact. You know. Right. Uh, but I'm not into the baby character, man. I'm just. It's like why. Why do you gotta come to the ring so fucking happy and with blow up dials and all type of like? Well, this is not Saturday morning. This ain't Saturday morning cartoons. This is like, come on, man, fuck out of here. And why have they made the extension just look like bums? <laughs> it's crazy that they were like the most dominant like tag team in NXT like ever, ever, but. They just could not get over on the main roster, and then just it's like there was one week recently where they actually won a match, and we're like, "Holy shit, they won a match!" But it's been hard with with to get those guys over on the main roster. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. I don't. Uh, I don't. They had it. The WWF had a great opportunity to do something. When that dude came to the ring looking like he was out of motherfucking, uh, what was that movie uh, that came out, the, the reboot that came out uh, last year, uh, not the Road Warrior, but um, the, uh, you know what I'm talking about, man, the the, the movie that had uh, uh, Mel Gibson in it. Um, shit, I don't know. Uh man, he remember he played it it was a reboot and my man uh was was in the movie, um Tom Hardy. Um Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mad Max. Oh Mad Max. The Mad Max. Yeah. Oh okay. When the extension came out one of the dudes had on the big teeth on their face, and that was straight out of Mad Max, the reboot. Right. And I'm like, ooh, these motherfuckers look scary. Ooh. Ooh. And sure enough, boom. You know, I'm like, these dudes got a chance now. This some shit can really pop off now. And they made these motherfuckers look like pugs. And it's like, man, y'all dropping the ball, man. But for the most part, like the whole, the the whole tag team situation in the WWE is a mess. Like everybody, and it's it's, it, I don't I don't think they can get over. I mean, the only only people that got over as a tag team was the New Day, and they were the ones that got themselves over. You know, we've talked about this many times. You know. Um, but outside of that, the tag team situation is just uh, basically a shit show. It's horrible, man. Um, I don't like seeing uh, Fandango and the other dude. Um, Tyler Breeze? Yeah. Deputy yeah, I Dango? ain't that shit, man. <laughs> the dude got them octopus boots on, man. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is Deputy going Dango? <laughs> Breeze Ango? Yeah, I saw... Yeah, it's only one dude that I allow to do that type shit to, you know, they boots, and that's fucking Morrison. Morrison (laughs) was that dude. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, when still he was back in the WWE, man, everyone, that dude come back? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I, I wasn't, you know, I ain't feeling none of the tag teams. Like you said, the New Day had to do what they had to do to get over. And once they created that, see, that's the beauty of wrestling. You have to, when you learn what your powers are, you can be so unlimited as far as potential-wise or what they can do. New Day, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, well, you know, man, the New Day kind of earned their own shit, man. They, you know, them was dudes that all had three bogus-ass characters, and they came together, took a chance, and they made a way for themselves. They adjusted and made a way. Every person, the only the greats do that, Steve Austin, like, Steve right. Austin was going no fucking where until his match with Jake the Snake Roberts. Right. Yeah. But that's one thing we got to do, too, man. We got to go see Jake if we're not out of town in March when he come to have traffic. Oh, definitely, definitely. We got to make that shit happen, man. Me and you, man, we just, you know, maybe we could sit and, and, and you know, you know, I... I I would like to talk to him beforehand because, you know, we've had dialogue before. And he treated me real great. But I would like to talk to him beforehand. Maybe we could, you know, maybe we can get something from Jake the Snake for our podcast. That oh. would be super. Oh, but definitely, definitely. People, you know, or wrestlers don't know how to find their own niche. I'm super happy right now. I know I'm switching, um, you know, topics a little bit. But I'm super happy with Cody Rhodes right now. He is by far, you know, I mean, him and Matt Riddle are the hottest commodities next to uh, Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And they they are the hottest dudes, man. And uh, you got to salute that, man. I think the WWE truly dropped the ball with Cody Rhodes. Hopefully, if he has to come back around, hopefully they do him right. The next time around, but and even 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 um, with Cody, it. even with Cody's dynamic with with his wife is really good. That's something that they never explored uh, in WWE. Never. And I heard he did a cold ass move on her um, the other day. Yeah, I didn't see it yet, but yeah, I heard I heard some good things. Me neither. I ain't see it yet neither. But I but I've heard some good things about even you know Brandy's work in uh, TNA uh, recently. And like that's something that they never even explored in WWE, and and I, I think would have been would have been pretty awesome actually. Indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yep, Definitely yep. agree with you on that. All right, let's turn the tables onto the world of MMA. A lot of shit has gone let's down do in the past week. Um, we had the UFC uh, 208 pay per view uh, uh, last weekend, and. Like I was saying to you via Twitter, in most regards, this was kind of a shit show. Um, but there was some positives uh, buried in there a little bit. So before we uh, get to the, the criticism of this, I do want to talk about some of the positives. The Dustin Poirier versus Jim Miller uh, fight, did you see that? Yeah, I missed the Dustin Poirier fight. In fact, when I did tune in, uh, I tuned in and... I'm looking at the fucking guy on screen, and I'm like, that's not Dustin. And I'm like, that's not him. His haircut is different. No, that's not him. Then I looked at the tattoos. I was like, that's Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Wow. He he didn't look like the same guy. Like, 
just recognizable. He didn't look like the guy, you know, with the super tight cut. Like, you know, so, right. yeah, I, I, I missed this fight. That was that was a war. Both of those guys, like, like after that fight, they were wrecked. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like um, they had, they had to take uh, Dustin to the hospital after because he hurt his uh, leg. Um, I'm think I'm, I'm, I think he, it isn't too bad, but like he couldn't even like stand up after that. But he still like was able to uh, you know tough it out through the fight. But that was a fucking war, man. It was a war. Wow. Did he go three rounds? He knocked him out. No, yeah, it was um, three rounds, uh, majority decision. Mm-hmm. But that that wow. was that was easily, and it did it did win the uh, the fight of the night, I believe. Um, but that was easily okay. the, the fight of the night. Um, another thing that really uh, impressed me was the the Wilson Heist versus uh, uh, Sasaki uh, fight. Did you see that at all? Uh, no, I missed a lot. Of- you, you, you know, man, I, I've been caught up a lot all yeah, weekend, yeah. man. I had a couple shows, so I missed, I missed a lot of things, man. But I, I focus on the the things that, that I feel like I need to focus on, um, the Holly Hall fight, the Anderson Silver fight. Um, so I missed a couple fights, man. But um, this was yeah, a I dope. Miss, uh, I didn't miss them. This was a dope, like preliminary, uh, prelim uh, fight. Um, Wilson mm-hmm. Heiss ended up uh, winning uh, by unanimous decision. But uh, Suzaki still, like, impressed me. Like, honestly, I love kind of watching these, uh, these Korean and Japanese fighters uh, that they've had in the UFC recently because they will get into the worst situations, worst, like, rear naked chokes or whatever, and somehow slither their way out of it. And it's crazy mm-hmm. to watch these guys fight, you know. And that's what Suzaki was doing, man. There was times when I don't, I'm like, you you can't bend that way, bro. And he was able to somehow yeah. get out of it, man. And I'm like, but it was a hell of a fight, man. I, I really enjoyed it, you know. Dog, have you seen this pick online with the entire McMahon family? Oh, yeah. With motherfucking Donald Trump? Yeah, we're everybody's been talking about it today, man. It, oh, dude. I'm um, just now seeing it, man. <laughs> See, you know what? And I hate to even go off cue here because, you know, we normally don't do this. But right. I, I, I kind of feel like since seeing this, I should. <sighs> I love professional wrestling. Yeah. Love. Like, that, if I can't watch wrestling then I don't feel like I'm alive. I'm just going to keep that shit real with you. I love the shit. It is a part of me. Yeah. Um, I'll never stop supporting, you know, it. But it's so hard for me to watch, you know, I mean, for all intents purposes, man, you might as well say wrestling has been my favorite TV show my entire life. Yeah. It's, It's hard to look at, you know, and this is where you have to say, you know what, I got to separate politics from from entertainment. Um, it's really hard for me to, to to look at this picture and, like, be fucking happy. I feel like this is a whole fucking WWE. These last, what, it's 15 So These last fucking 20-plus days have been some of the most different days as a human being I've ever experienced 
watching from a presidency, man. So right. the picture the picture is a little it's a little sickening. It's for me. jarring. Um but I will say, um, you know, I love wrestling. So, you know, uh wow. Yeah, I'm just not seeing this shit, man. It's fucking me up right now. But yeah, I love wrestling. And I don't want to, I, I can't give shit a pass that I don't agree with, man. But obviously they have a relationship with that guy. And that stems way before he was even thought of as being any type of presidential candidate. Yeah. So I guess I, so I guess I get that part. But for people, for a person like myself that love that brand, and it's easily my escape for five hours out of the week. Actually, more than that, if you include NXT and the yeah. Cruiserweights. I mean, a lot of a lot of their programming is my escape. Yeah. But but I don't I can't escape from reality. So I have to separate that from uh, the politics, man. It's just like wow, that shit is stunning to me. But it is what it is. I get I get why they I get why they behind him. I get it. You know, but uh, you know, if you represent what I represent, you know, it's uh, man. Whew. It's all <laughs> It's all about right and wrong, people. Ain't no middle. There is no middle in right and wrong. So take that shit and smoke it if you want to. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, it's tough these days because there's there's so many many behind-the-scenes connections to things that we don't, with with people and organizations that we don't agree with, you know, directly, Mm -hmm. that it's, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to, like to separate it all, you know, and sometimes it's hard not being almost like a hypocrite, you know, it, it's, it's really kind of mm-hmm. hard, you know? Um, so it, it, it can be, you know, it's some, sometimes there's just some like tough decisions on whether you want to support something or not because of some sort of relationship that that product or whatever has with a person you don't, you know, agree with or don't like or whatever, you know, it's, and it's, it's just been mm-hmm. worse lately, you know? Yeah, I never want to come off as, you know, I love people, man. I'm all about people. I don't give a fuck what you look like, what what shade of color you have. I don't give a fuck about none of that, man. Love is love. That shit is universal. Um, so when I see the shit that I see, um, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty like wow. Are you fucking kidding me? But again, you know, keep in mind that wrestling is my escape. So I'm just going to focus on that. <sighs> yep. Me too. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah. Getting back to some, uh, to the MMA, to UFC 208. I think the big, uh, the big underlying sort of like theme of that night was what was up with the judges and refs? that night man there was so much there were so many questionable acts especially from the refs it seemed like the refs that night were almost like a fish out of the water there was a lot of weird like um breakups like really you know quick like they were like uh you know 
pandering to the crowd anytime they booed when there was, you know, long, uh, long not even long, um, you know, clinches and stuff like that. And, um, and uh, definitely with the home, uh, during the home Durandamy uh, fight, the, the late punches and whatnot, that, it, it was crazy. Like, I, it, it was weird. It was like the, the refs that night just didn't really have a handle on what they were supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, uh, first off, you know, we had the home Durandamy uh, fight for the uh, uh, inaugural uh, 145 uh, UFC belt. And um, the I looked at that fight three times. You can honestly say that Holly Holm may have won that fight. Yeah, it was. It it, it was it was a weird it was a. It it wasn't the best fight, man. It was pretty much a lackluster fight, but it was like when it, when it comes down to it, you're like, what happened after you watch it? You had, um, you kind of had a sway into a um, this sort of black eye with those. Uh, um, kind of late hits that were happening, but this is the thing. It's just like um, there was a question if though you know, in regards to what the bell means and what's a late hit and whatnot. Um, there, um, I did see a couple of quotes from uh, one being from the um, uh, Rob Hines. He's the uh, from the Association of Boxing Commissions and Com- uh, Combative Sports. He. Um, with a, he had an interview with a MMA Fighting, and he explained, when the bell sounds, whenever that happens, that's just uh, our indication to stop the round. That's not the signal for the exact end of the round. We need to make sure that we're in position and then everything's in place to stop the action as close to that horn as possible. And Does th- that even make fucking sense? And then also, exactly, and then also um, someone on Twitter asked John McCarthy pretty much the same question. And he said, the, "I've seen that the round officially ends at the call of the referee. the The bell is their notification. Um, so this was this was a kind of a, a weird thing that happened because it happened twice, not just once but twice. And and the funny thing was is after the second time it happened, the ref said that if it happens again, he'll take a point away, which should have did it after the first one. Did, yeah, should have did it after the first one." And that probably and that would have uh, caused that uh, fight to be a draw, pretty much. And it, it was just really, really, really weird, you know. Um, you know, I understand that, you know, in during during those that last second, you know, um, that you know, so, you know, something might happen during that last second. But it was that ref was in no position to stop the fighters during those second and third rounds also. He was he was kind of a little out of it. But the funny thing was, on the fourth round, he got in there too early. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll say this. Um, the fight was horrible. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't really think there's an established uh, 145 champion. Um, there was nothing championship about Holly that. Get, how, <laughs> there was nothing championship yeah, about I, that, that fight. I think Holly Holmes' game plan was all wrong. Oh, definitely. Um, 
I don't I don't know what the original I don't know what her game plan was supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know what her game plan is supposed to be, but she said she abandoned it and didn't stick to it. Everybody it, it was pretty much a known thing beforehand that Durandamy was pretty weak on the ground in grappling and that and everybody pretty much said afterwards, even Chris Cyborg said that if she uh inputted more wrestling into that fight, that Holly Holm would have won easily. She'd have won that fight easily. If she did, if she did, like, you can, I mean, not to be funny, if you look at, um, if you look at the fight against Ronda Rousey, I think she just was more physically strong, stronger than Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And the takedowns that she had, like, it's not hard to get a pancake if you're in position and you're strong enough. Um, she... That's not what she is. She's not a wrestler. I don't know what tapes her team were using game plan wise, but it didn't really look like. Maybe that was the game plan. Maybe maybe they did work on that, and then that's what she said. She abandoned it. But it don't. It to me, it didn't look like there was. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't no legit grappling on Holly Holmes' behalf, man. And when she did, you know, she got a pretty, well, I shouldn't say that. But, um, well, maybe I said she got a pretty boy. Um, maybe she should have focused more on, you know, if you read if you read the Scout report, man, the Scout report told you what the weaknesses were. So I, I just was like, wow, why is she not? And maybe she just couldn't do that. That's not what she is. You know, so it's just sad, but I know either one of them will get the brakes beat off of them by the person we love here the most at uh, Fresh is the Word, um, <laughs> Chris Cyborg, we love you. And um, okay, and you is, are, we've been saying, right. go ahead. And this is the crazy thing. Okay, um, it looks like um, things with uh, Cyborg and the UFC um, or have have gotten better. They brought her out to uh, to Brooklyn for the, the event. UFC ain't stupid. They finally not acting stupid, right? You know. But this is the thing, and this is the thing that e- that made this fight even less of a championship feel was after the fight when Durandamy won, she did not sell this division at all. Once, uh, like, well, you know, once, once they brought up Cyborg's name. She started talking about an injury from two fights ago that she said she wants to get fixed. And who? no one ever brings up an injury after a fight, especially when you just won a championship, the first championship make, for that. And then what makes it worse is Chris Cyborg saying, let's get it on. And then she said, I got to get my shit fixed. And then you say, well... Holly Holm, maybe she does get an immediate rematch. She, you know. She, an immediate rematch? Like, oh, yeah. She said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. An immediate rematch. After she says she needs to get her hand fixed from an injury. Like, wh- 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 come on. Which one is it, man? Like, you like can't. Like Chris said, they knew the drill. They knew that this division was created for her. It was created for you, Chris. We know it. I mean, you look, look, the Candyman's coming, you know. Somebody's going to eventually have to uh, face Cyborg. And the funny thing is, too, um, 
Cyborg has been uh, has been uh, kind of going after uh, Megan Anderson also because Megan Anderson, when she uh, won the interim uh, title in Invicta, called out the uh, the winner of Home and Durandamy, saying that she wants to fight after that. But now that we're in this, yeah, but, but now they're in this, <laughs> but now they're in this position where Durandamy is iffy about when she wants to fight next and home lost and so cyborg's like all right all right anderson let's uh let's get it on then if uh if uh is not going to be around for a while and now she's getting quiet and then but this is what she says well you know uh you know and this is just me talking well you know uh uh, you know, Chris got a situation going on with with the you know uh, the the commission. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the ones that uh, you know. Uh, hey, Holly Holm, you want to fight a real 145? 145er. Here I am. But yeah, we're we're gonna focus on the ladies that are active and da, 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 da. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding? Wow, man. Yeah. I've... Look, look, look. One of the one we of those drill, one of know. those ladies are gonna have to get into the get into the cage with uh with cyborg eventually. The like. beauty of it all is they scared already. That's right, the man. beauty of it. That they fucking scared already. They know look, they know like you, you, you go hold you, you know you holding that title for just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know, you know what the drill is. You said you knew when you signed up for this fight that this whole division was created for Cyborg, huh? Right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Candyman, this motherfucking coming. They better say the name three times. They better hope for the best. <laughs> they, go get, they go. They go get the worst though. They go get the worst. All I see is be down. Right, and uh, uh, that's all I see. And word is now is that Holly Holm is actually going to uh, appeal uh, the decision with uh, the uh, Athletic Commission. And actually, I, I guess Derek Bronson's going to be doing the same thing in regards to his fight with uh, Anderson Silva. Derek Bronson won that fight. Oh, dude. He won that fight. Clearly. Clearly won that fight. I mean, I mean it, wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like the best fight in the world, but... You know what? Okay, it could have been twenty nine, twenty eight split decision and, either and way, that, and that's what I'm gonna say. And that, yeah, you can give them twenty nine, twenty eight at the minimum. Either either way, it could have been that. It could have been a split decision either way. But for someone, it to was give, a judge that had him thirty to fucking twenty seven. Thirty to twenty seven, Anderson Silva. Hell no, 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 no. Which leads me to say to this, and this is how I started this whole shit off. I'm not, you know, I'm not even a Brendan Schaub type dude, but he said some shit that I was like, yeah, that shit is real. Maybe New York, I know New York is a big market, man, but maybe we don't need to have MMA in New York until they get their um, fucking judges and they can mess you straight up as far as truly understanding what the fuck is going on because yes there was a lot of weird I, behavior in this in this this event in regards to the judges and the refs some things that we don't normally see happening was there was that shit happening that shit was horrible 
Like there was Poor Okay, no, okay. There was the issue with uh, with Holman Durandamy with uh, you know with stopping the rounds and everything. And I saw that a few other times early on. I think it was during the Silva Derek Brunson uh, uh, fight. There was just one um, round where at the end of it they weren't they weren't even really getting into it, but the ref pretty much uh, tackled I think Derek Brunson. To get him out of the way, right? Even though no nothing was happening, and 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 all the uh, announcers were joking about it, they're like, "Whoa, what just happened there?" <laughs> it was the weirdest. It was the weirdest shit. And there was a, um, I can't remember which uh, fights it was, but there was a few like I, I mentioned earlier where there was, um, um, there was kind of like uh, tie ups on the ground and some even in the cage, like on the uh, side of the cage, and they broke and they broke it up really quickly. Yeah, this, in my opinion, very, uh, yeah, I mean, I fuck, I fuck with most of the refs there, um, but as far as the judges, horrible, um, and you had some referees there that just were extremely bad, so I just hope, uh, you know, I get the whole getting to the New York, New York market thing, how important that is, but I would really hope that they can reconsider it because the, the, everything, you know, the New York cars haven't been, you know, that hot. So let's, I mean, let's outs- be real about that. Yeah. I mean, outside of 205, the the first one, I think um, if I, if I, if I remember right, when they did the Albany uh, fight night card, there was like some similar questionability of the, the refs and the judges that night, even not as bad as this time, but, I think there was a few um, instances of uh, kind of weird judging that night also. Yeah, this shit was bad, bro. It but, was just like, wow, are you fucking kidding me? That I mean, shit ain't supposed to be popping. I mean, sometimes, you know, at the you know at, at the end of the night, you know, there might be like one questionable judging or one questionable thing that the ref does that's still a judgment call. You know, it can be arguable, but it was still a judgment call. This mm-hmm. shit, there was too many things that were like, yo, what the fuck was that, man? <laughs> like, it was more than a judgment call. That was more fish out of the water type shit. Yeah. I don't um I didn't, you know, I guess that's what kind of made the car kind of feel a different way for me. I'm like, man, this is bullshit, you know. Um, But Anderson definitely lost that fight. I wasn't with Holmes' game plan. I wasn't really impressed with, you know, the other chick. It just, it did, to a, you know, it just was lack, lackluster for me. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, other things coming up, man. But that, you know, we're easily going to forget them shits. Right, right, right. Uh, come, speaking of some uh, stuff that's coming up, um, this weekend uh, with uh, Bellator, uh, we, have, we have uh, uh, Fedor Melianenko versus um, Matt Michione. Uh, Fedor uh, said, you know, after, you know, years of the UFC trying to get him uh, over to, uh, to their company, he said, you know, came over to uh, Bellator because he was given a good offer for him and his team. Uh, I was joking around that, uh, you know, he's bringing Rockefeller over. 
And that shit is real, man. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. You got to put your people in position, man. And he put his people in position to, to, you know, to eat on this car. Good for him. And he fights uh, Matt Matrioni. And, um, you know, this is going to be a good fight. I think if he gets matched, what Fedor is great at is hurting somebody. And once he hurts them, it just takes a split second for him to turn it up. And yeah. I think if he I think if he lands something against Matt, it could be a problem. But if Matt lands, Matt has the potential of knocking him out. We're gonna be talking about this next week too, man. But because I honestly think Matt Mitrioni may knock him out. You know, uh, that's just my my opinion. But I, you know, if I was a betting man right now, um. You know, why not Why not pick Matt? Matt might, you know, uh, I know he looked a certain way in his debut, but this fight could be all wrong for Fedor. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think Matt will take him to the ground or try to. You know, he don't, he don't want them Sambo problems. Uh, well, excuse me, Sambo. <laughs> <laughs> um, he don't want them Sambo problems. Um but he hits, you know, he has a hell of a right hand, man. And uh, if it lands, Fedor can go to sleep. So uh, don't sleep on this fight, man. It's going to be real great. And, and your boy, uh, on, on the same card, your boy, uh, Chet Congo, is going to be uh, fighting uh, Ali Thompson. I'm a star. <laughs> that's, that's my man. That's my man. Uh, you know, we talked before, be like, Hey, yo, check, man. You know you look. You know, I call you Amistad. Yes, I know. I know. I don't look like... Doo -doo -doo -doo. And I'm like, huh? I don't look like it. He was talking about the, uh, the the actor. I was like, you may not look like him, but you look like one of the dudes that was next to him. So... <laughs> <laughs> he could have been an extra so, on them. <laughs> yeah, he could have been an extra. You know, that don't mean I ain't going to call you Amistad because that's who you look like. Amistad! He laughed. Every time he see me, he laughed. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. Um, Tech need to win, man. He needs to win. Um... I'm gonna take him in that fight too. Duty fighting ain't no joke, but I'm gonna take him in that fight. Word, word. Uh, turning over to uh, the UFC card from this uh, for this weekend uh, in Halifax, the fight night, uh, headlined by uh, Derek Lewis and uh, Travis Brown. Uh, we've talked about Travis mm -hmm. Brown uh, recently. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, questions about you know whether he's still in the same camp. Uh, uh, he said he still is, but you know there are still other people you know saying that he's still with uh, Coach Edmund. But um, and he said he um, left there, but he said he still is. Um, he hasn't, you know, he looked dominant in the past, but, you know, recently. Uh... Now, nah, I'm saying, I'm saying, hey, now nah, he's look, he looked like a bum his last couple fights. And again, I'm not a professional fighter. You know, I'm, right. I'm just a guy that knows his shit, you know, but, um, Travis Brown looked like a completely different fighter when he was with uh, uh, Winkleman. He looked like a completely different fighter when he was, uh, I think he trained with the Black Zillions for a minute. Um, 
he, you know, that's when he was on that mean streak. You know, even if he took the L, he came back and looked looked good the next fight. Right. Since he's been, since he's been, been with, uh, no, no disrespect, but I'm going to say it anyway, since he's been with Unibro, <laughs> he hasn't, uh, you know, Coach Edmund. You know, cause I think, I, I just think he a con artist, man. He, he a dude that, you know, you had Ronda Rousey. Man, Ronda Rousey was going to be what she is anyway, you know, but she gave you a chance, and she made him. So, to look back in hindsight, I think under him, since Ronda Rousey's been there, you look at all Ronda Rousey wins, you count those, but you can't count anything else other than three other victories outside of Ronda Rousey's uh, victories. I just don't think he's – he may be a good striking coach, but I don't think he's a good all-around coach. And that's just not – that's not to say that he don't know MMA because I've seen him fight before. He knows MMA, but I, I just think his strong points may be striking and, you know, mixed martial arts is more than just striking. Striking is, great, is a great plus, but if you don't practice on everything, you know, that made you – you know, something's going to break you. And that's how I look at Travis Brown. He ain't the same fighter. So I hope he's training with other camps. Maybe he's just using Edmund as a striking coach. What do you think, uh, what do you think Travis Brown needs to do to uh, win this fight this weekend? Well, he should have did, if it's, if it's untrue, is leave Edmund. <laughs> um, that's, that's number one. Um, be aggressive. Watch his cardio. Um, he's good. He got a good front kick. He can use that front kick as his jab. Um, I would love to see him, you know, in a different team, man. I just don't, I think Edmund is the biggest con artist. So if he is with Edmund, I expect him to lose on Saturday. What do you think? What do you think Derek Lewis needs to do to uh, ensure victory? Um, I think he's a hype train. I'm no diss to him. Um, you know, he calls himself the Black Beast. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why can't you just be the Beast, bro? Why you got to be the? the I mean, I know what you are. I know what I am. Um. He's kind of a but, funny dude, man. Like a weird, like a weird funny dude. Anytime I hear interviews with him, man, I'm like, this dude is like. <laughs> you know, when I write here interview and he talking shit, I always rewind to that Sean Jordan fight. <laughs> it, it was funny though. Uh, on one of his interviews on the MMA Hour, he was like, "Ooh, man, you know, he's like, you know, I somehow got on the subject of Chris Cyborg, and he's like." Man, I really like I really like that Chris Cyborg. Man, I really like her lips. Me too. I'm <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I take back everything I just said, man. Dude, we yeah, we on the same page, man. Real shit. But uh, that'll be an interesting fight this uh, weekend. So uh, we'll see what happens between uh, Derek Lewis and Travis Brown. Um, to sort of. Uh, close out this podcast for this week uh want to uh 
you know, switch the tables to uh, to some hip hop stuff. It's been uh, as we uh, record this on um, on uh, February fifteenth. It's been eighteen years since the passing, since the murder of Big L. Someone who yes. someone who I thought would be he he was in that transitional period of becoming one of the greats, of being one of the greats, definitely during that time. Um, there was rumors that he was going to be uh, that Jay Z was recruiting him for um, for Rockefeller, and that would have been oh, like yeah. that would have been like peak Rockefeller. That would have been just before um, the Blueprint Rockefeller, you know, when you know mm-hmm. when Beans was at his top, you know, when they had when they had that full stable of uh, of, of 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 MCs and artists and whatnot. Um, that would have mm-hmm. been a per- I think that would have been a perfect time for uh, and perfect place for Big L to to be introduced to the world outside you know us like hardcore hip hop heads you know um, it's you know it's 18 years since his passing and we're still talking about this guy he was definitely yep. on this crazy trajectory to be one of the greats you know and it's in it's sad that his life was taken. Um, and you can only like question, you know, what we're going, what were we gonna hear from this guy, man? Because he had some of the best lines ever in hip hop, you know. Well, I can say this. I can say that um, maybe Jay listened to his first album. So now you know what Jay got his whole style from. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a L head man. I'm talking about, you know, on, you know, he was on Columbia. You know, he was, you know, we talk about an MC's MC. Big L was his punchlines were like. The greatest. He had the greatest punchlines, really, I've ever heard Man. from any rapper. Oh, yes. Punchlines. Punchlines. Punchlines, just, man. You know, he had some, I mean, his shit, you know, his shit was just on such a whole nother level when you talk about the thought process, the, like, like how he said, Ask Beavis. <laughs> I, I don't get nothing but head. <laughs> Woo! That was such a hottest line, man. Woo! Like, like, how did you even think about coming up? Like, how did you construct? He said, "Ask Beavis." I don't get nothing but head. <laughs> oh! Hard, hard. Woo! Been a been a lot of emulators. Um. If you can go back to that circle, Jay wasn't rhyming like that. They sound like Jay was on his first um, album, man. Exactly. <laughs> exact. Hey, enough said. That's all I gotta say. Jay was on his first album, mm-hmm. and he was just basically almost like an afterthought on that album. You know, he was a part of a posse cut, and yeah, and he, he and Jay didn't actually like you know stand out on that posse cut man it's crazy uh everybody you know everybody I always lo- turns back lo- to remember that uh remember the i think it was the stretch and bobito show when both jay and uh 
Uh, Big L were on it. It was motherfucking a massacre on there. <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. Man. And that, and that was the time when, when Jay-Z was starting to make his, you know, his, his ascendance, you know, as being yeah. who he was. And Big L was on there, and they went, oh, man. It, it, it was, everybody talks, you know, that's still, like, in the, the hip-hop lore of, like, a great hip-hop mm-hmm. moment, you know. You know, with, with them two being on the same radio show, you know, one after each other, and just Big L just outshining him. Yeah, L, um, you listen to his shit now, it's still relevant. He's still outshining 85% of dudes today, and his bars are timeless. You know, when you find a person that have timeless bars, man, um, it's similar to... I mean, you listen to follow follow the leader by by Eric B and Rakim. Like I don't know what Rakim was on when he wrote that, but oh, that man. shit is still better than eighty five ninety percent of the shit that I hear today. So right. L was one of them type. L was one of them type MCs where you were going to fill them. Um, you were going to fill them if you love this shit and you love wordplay and all that, and you didn't feel L, you a cornball. Period. And Big L had a distinctive voice. It was a, you could mm-hmm. hear everything that he was, every word that he was saying, but he had a distinctive voice. And that was something Man. that was very unique about him. L, L would have been, man, it's really hard to tell what it would have been. But I will say, and I keep saying this, Listen to the first album, and you'll see where one of your favorite rappers may have got his whole style from. That shit is real. Um, I see it, still hear it. Um, you know, no diss to him, but you know he, you know, we all take from somewhere. You know, we right. we all be on some Gene Kundo shit, so you can't front that we don't use similar methods, but. Would it be obvious that you took some shit? Like, you know, he's flagrant a couple times for taking some people's shit. So, you know, um, he would have been the man on Rockefeller, man. He would have been the fucking, like, L. Like, Columbia dropped the ball on his first album, similar to how they dropped Nas. Um, you know, I think the streets made Nas, man, but... um and the streets made L too, but Nas had a little bit more push because they was on the same label. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, Big L is uh, still one of my favorite MCs to this day. Um, you know, I talk, you know, I talk to him. I talk to Bump sometimes about him. A couple of people, I talk to OC a couple, you know, uh, a lot about him, man. They tell me stories and shit on how dope this dude was, man. And, uh, yeah, man, you got his music, man. Turn it on, man. It's it's one of them things, man. That you should, no one should ever miss out on what uh, real hip hop is all about. And L is, he still is one of our generals. Salute to him. Rest in power, my friend. Yeah, before we before we end this, what was what what was your favorite Big L song or verse? 
Hmm. Hmm. Um. Hmm. We got a couple of joints, but we ain't got a couple. We got a lot of joints. Yeah. Um. I love a lot of a lot of primo remix of uh, Ebonics. Yeah. Um. The intro from his Ruckus album is one of my favorite shits of all times. Um. Let's see. Um, um, I like the joint that he had with Kane. I like I like the joint they put together with um, him and uh, Tupac. Yeah, and and Big. That was uh, you know, it had. his catalog is, is 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 short. You you can't front on the on the catalog, but it was super short. Um, let's see. Mm, put it on is definitely. You talking about party records? And yeah. You talking about getting into Big L back then, man? Put it on. You know, produced by Kid Capri was uh, was dope. Um, the 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 Tupac collaboration I was talking about is called Deadly Combination. Yeah. Um, he got a joint called Flamboyant that I love. Um, MVP as well from the first album, and then you know uh, he collaborated on a joint with my man, you know, the, who I got records with, Mr. Cheeks. So you know. Holding it down was dope, you know. Oh, yeah. You on some radio shit. Um, the Devil's Son was super dope, man. Yeah. Devil's Son never really came out, but that was super dope. That was more white label promo shit. Yeah. Um, but dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. L got records, man. You know, international, internationally known. Um, the enemy. Oh, the enemy uh, is one of my favorites. It's definitely one of oh my favorites. My enemy is super dope. Um, do you know what my favorite verse of I, his of of all time is is the um his verse on Lord Finesse's uh, "Yes You May Yes You May" remix. Mm, Man. Mm-hmm. Yo. Yeah, that was. That was on Return of the Funky Man. I remember that. Yo, man, the Yes You May remix, dog. Fuck, man. Like, his, his verse on there is ridiculous, man. I'm like, I, I, I always have to throw that record on every once in a while, man. Just to... L was a monster. And uh, you listen to his music today, you still see he's a monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah, his... His whole style and everything is really timeless and still still sounds super fresh even here in 2017. So it's super, you know, super sad that, you know, that his life was cut short, but, you know, his music will always live on. So um, def- definitely, definitely. Um, that's about it for this uh, week of uh, Fresh is the Word. Um, like always, you know, V-Styles, uh, tell them where they can find you online. It's good. You hit me up on Twitter before slash V Styles V S T Y L E Z. 
same thing with Instagram and Facebook with the forward slash VSTYLEZ. Um, my verified artist page on Facebook is Official V Styles. Official VSTYLEZ, all one word. And, uh, you know, give me a hit. Let me know what you're thinking, man. I respond to everybody. But if you act a fool, you just made the list. All right. Thanks for joining me, V Styles. I'm about to go listen to some Big L. Uh, everybody, Big L, rest in peace. Big L, rest in peace. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.